OK, well, let's discuss all this uh, further now with geopolitical analyst Patrick Henningsen, who joins us. Uh, good evening, Patrick. Um, what are your expectations, then, for this summit? Do you think we'll get anything close to some sort of reset? I'm not, I'm not going to bet on that. Uh, I don't think... It, just judging by the comments by Joe Biden, and, of course, he's got the entire Democratic uh, establishment, political and media establishment, behind him. And the, the, the caricature of Russia has not developed much in recent years. There's st it's still, in America, very in vogue politically to characterize Russia as this monolithic uh, backward state, which is micromanaged by the former KGB head, Vladimir Putin. I mean, that is the image of Russia and every single storyline, every plot from the intelligence agencies, everything is kind of revolves around that view of Russia. And it's a very... Uh, comfortable position for the U.S. and so Biden kind of will fit neatly into that. But I think Joe Biden actually is maybe uh, actually a little bit more smarter than people would give him credit for because he's got a lot of experience in the Ukraine uh, during his time as vice president. So he knows how formidable uh, Vladimir Putin uh, and the Russian political establishment is, the state is. Uh, when it comes. So he's not going to be able to blag it with Putin. And I think Biden knows that. And that's why there's some trepidation in some of his comments. He's being a little bit conciliatory. He knows that he is, uh, you know, he says one thing to the U.S. media. It'll well, be a different yeah. story. I mean, that's the feeling you get, isn't it? When you look at um, the commentary that comes from both these leaders before this, they both take, you know, very severe lines in the sand on certain issues. But you do suspect when they get talking, they will be talking about key issues where they feel perhaps they could cooperate. Um, where do you feel that may lie? Well, in, in terms of uh, a few interesting points came up. One was this discussion about reciprocity of uh, prisoners or people who are serving time in the in Russia for espionage, for instance, uh, the Whalen uh, incident as well, and then also vice versa, uh, people in the U.S. system that there could be some kind of a swap. I don't. That makes uh, that's good to talk about, but I do not see the United States doing that um, simply because the U.S. cherishes all of these. Uh, potential uh, opposition figures or characters as assets uh, in their war uh, against Russia, information and political war against Russia. So there's, I don't think they're going to make much progress on that. They'll talk about it. I don't see the U.S. agreeing to anything. Uh, and there's also the issue of NATO. And this is obviously going to be a big concern for Russia. But again, uh, I don't see the United States um, giving any consolations uh, with regards to the advancement and the pressure which NATO is putting on. This is what was happening at the, the, the G7. They announced a new Atlantic Charter. I mean, the, so the U.S. and Britain and their allies have already spelled out that they're going to continue to posture uh, in an aggressive fashion against Russia. So it doesn't leave a lot in terms of negotiations and, and leverage there. Uh, it seems to be all take uh, from the U.S. and no give. It does, doesn't it, when you, when you put it like that. Uh, but they have outlined what they do want to talk about, too, the environment, COVID, cybersecurity. So you would assume there's been a lot of talking before they've even got close to the table on Wednesday to decide, you know, what they can and can't do. And it's not going to look good for either leader if they've decided nothing and just argued for a few hours. 
Sure. I mean, Russia knows what they're up against, uh, you know, because you're talking to the U.S. leader. It's a summit. It's Joe Biden. But you're really talking to the U.S. plus all of its NATO allies. And the reality is, in terms of offensive uh, cyber operations, information warfare, Russia has to deal with the CIA, NATO, NATO information warfare units, GCHQ, 77th Brigade, the Integrity Initiative type projects, all of the myriad of civil, quote, civil society uh, organizations that are dotted around the Baltics, active vis-a-vis -vis the, the situation in Belarus, the Ukraine as well, not to mention the hostilities in, the Ukra in Ukraine uh, and the fact that the United States has single-handedly torpedoed the Minsk Accords consistently, really, uh, for the last five or six years, they're making sure that the Minsk Accords are not realized, so uh, maintaining that arc of tension uh, with regards to Ukraine. So uh, there's that, plus the issue of Syria. That's almost on the back burner in comparison to Europe right now. Uh, with regards to what's a pressing matter for Russia and also mm. for the West. So it's it's a, it's kind of a weighted game. Uh, to, and the U.S. is talking like it's a bilateral summit, but it's not. It's really a it's a Russia versus a multilateral uh, 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 foe on the other side of the table. And so this is what the press is, will never characterize in the West. They're, you know, so they're not going to be honest about what their real issues are and what's really at stake. Mm. Very interesting, though, isn't it, Patrick? But we'll have to wait another 48 hours to see uh, what comes out of it. Uh, thanks for coming on. That was Patrick Henningsen, uh, geopolitical analyst.